0: Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. Today, we travel to Vietnam for an amazing story of God's mercy and grace. And then a little later, Josh Davis will examine Israel's present-day spiritual status with the church. Friends, we are only two days away from our first event of the new year this Friday and Saturday, February 16th and 17th, in the Tampa Bay, Florida area. Is America in Bible prophecy? Find out from Donald Perkins. Biblical mysteries will be uncovered, and you'll learn how to have true spiritual victory in the Invisible War on the Saints. Biblical artifacts from Israel will be on display with an archaeologist ready to answer your questions. Friday and Saturday, this Friday and Saturday, February 16th and 17th, at Hicks Road Baptist Church. Call 1-800-652-1144 or visit the events page at our website, swrc.com. Tickets for this special event are free, but the seating is limited and filling up fast. So don't be left behind, register today. 1-800-652-1144. Ministry President Dr. Kenneth Hill is here to welcome a special guest to the program from the other side of the globe.
1: Hi, everybody. This is Kenneth Hill, and I am president of Southwest Radio Church Ministries, and delighted, delighted to be with you today. I have been asked to interview a friend of mine. It's not often that I get to talk to my friends on the radio. But it is today that I get to do that, and I am excited about it because my friend is a missionary. He's been a clarion of the gospel for many decades now. He started out preaching on the street and moved into preaching in the wilderness. (laughs) God has been good to this gentleman, and he has written a book called Echoes of War, Whispers of Faith, My Vietnam memoir. His name is Steve Deal, and he presently serves with his family in the Philippines. And so, Steve, welcome to the broadcast.
2: Howdy, howdy, Ken. Thank
1: you so much for having me. Well, we're glad that you are with us. Your history includes that of a police officer in Chattanooga, Tennessee. It includes your education at Tennessee Temple. It includes your working on the streets of New Orleans and other places. You have a lot to talk about. We're going to try to begin with your childhood, if we may, before you get to Vietnam. I want you to tell me something about your family, about your mom and dad and any children that were in the family,
2: including you. Wow, I didn't know he was going back that far, quite back that far. But, yeah, my mom and dad is Hoyt and Dorothy Deal. We lived in a Tri-City area, mostly Bristol. They finally settled down and built a little house there. In Bristol, that's how I came to know you about 40 years ago, Ken. Well, they lived across the street from just about Caddy Corner to the, I guess, where the gas station is now, but where the old radio station used to be. Then, then they got a lot in the back called Ridge, Ridgewood Road, I believe it was, and they built, a, they built a Jim Walters house there, and they lived there until they both passed away. We moved around quite a bit. Dad could do almost anything. I mean, he was a jack-of-all-trades and the master of a lot of them, actually. He was very good. He could do about anything, and he grew fond of my uncle, which is my mother's sister married a Cajun down in in Louisiana. Dad grew fond to him, and so we moved back and forth to Louisiana four different times as I was growing up. And so I went to eight different schools, and it was no fun being the new kid on the block. That's what I'm writing about in my second book, a lot of things that happened to me. But this book here is mostly about during the Vietnam era, And up until today, up until just a few years ago, I grew up in a Christian home, but that didn't make me a Christian. I made a bunch of professions of faith and baptized about four different times. I was just, you know, basically playing the game and running from God. When I went to Vietnam as a soldier, my mother, you know, it was easy to fool dad, but you couldn't fool mom. And so, my mother would write me letters every day when I was in Vietnam, and she would put tracks in the letter. I'm sure I broke her heart and kept her up many nights and now i'm I'm the one I'm the parent and the grandparent and the great grandparent that's staying up at night praying for my kids like she prayed for me. She wrote me all the time you know and and I didn't fool her one bit actually she was the one that finally led me to the Lord there and even in her in the house right there on the Ridgeway Road, I believe it was Ridgeway Street or Ridgeway Road, right over across from where you first started your radio station. So I was about 28 years old, a policeman there in Chattanooga. Always enjoyed serving people, you know, in the military and then serving there in Vietnam and then came back and was a policeman for 10 years. And now for the past 43 years, 43 or 44 years, I've been serving the Lord as a missionary, as you said, I started out preaching on the street. (laughs) Did I answer your question? Yeah, you're you're telling
1: us what life was like. I did not have the privilege of getting to know your dad, but I did have the privilege of getting to know your mom, and she was a sweetheart, Now I'll tell you. And she loved kids, and she was active with CEF and making sure that kids heard the gospel. I'm sure that you were a a heartache for her. She even told me that as we talked about you from time to time. But she was so glad to know that you had come to Christ, that you had placed your faith in him, and that you were serving him. She was overjoyed. We praise God for that as well, and that's that's the Steve Deal I know. I didn't know you back in the other days. But I will tell the folks that you wrote in your preface to this book, Echoes of War, Whispers of Faith, my Vietnam memoir, you wrote in the preface about the fact that there's a lot of stuff in this book that does not reflect in a good thing about Jesus Christ, because you were not living for the Lord in much of what you're telling us about in the book. And yet, well, you tell us that when you came to faith in Christ, the world changed. And yeah. tell me a little bit about that. If God can well, forgive you, you said, God can forgive anybody.
2: Yeah, I always say nobody else has an excuse. <laughs> the book, I had thought about calling it a trilogy, and then, you know, I thought trilogy was three-part story, like Narnia or something like that. My title was going to be my Vietnam Trilogy, but with the help of my publisher, which is Southwest Radio Church, said that they thought that this would be a better title. And actually, uh, I took it to the test. I tried it out on Facebook and asked people which title they liked the best. Within 12 hours, 79 out of 80, 83 chose the Echoes of War title, which I really like now. I didn't. I had already, for years, thought that would be the title my Vietnam Trilogy, because the first part was the hardest to write because I wasn't saved, and the other two parts of the book I had written years ago, maybe ten years ago, and had it, but I could never write the first because I was lost. I didn't want to disclose how horrible I was and how foolish I was and and the crazy things I did without trying to glorify it. I didn't want to glorify it. once upon a time, unshackled did my story. And they took me to where I was preaching on the streets, as you mentioned before. They published it back in 1983 or four, something like that, maybe a little bit later. You're familiar with Pacific Guard Mission and Unshackle, right? So that absolutely they did. Yeah, they did my story years ago. You, you know. But anyway, they told about whenever I, you know I was working on the street, and they told it. And and I don't like to glorify the bad things that I've done. I had a hard time really even making that because. I did some really bad stuff, Ken, and, and I'm not proud of it. And I'm ashamed of this. I just told my, my wife today, I've never really had a vacation much at all. I don't, I'm don't. i not the kind of person that takes a vacations. A little bit like you, I'm a workaholic. I know you got there early this morning. Even with your physical problem, you're going to get there on time at your job. And I like to work. I love to work. Oh, I guess a couple months ago, took a vacation. Well, it's a little more than a couple months, maybe six months ago. We took a vacation and went to another island. While my wife and daughter was out on the beach, I was writing this story in the book, and I spent my whole vacation writing that first chapter, first part, where I was in Vietnam as a soldier. I was doing incredibly crazy stuff back then, not just in the war. I was a crew chief on a helicopter and a door gunner, and we got in some firefight sometimes, but I wasn't in the heat of the battle every day. I wasn't in the walking in the jungles and stuff like that crawling in the jungles and swamps, but I flew helicopter, crew chief, and door gunner. I also got involved in some really bad stuff that was more dangerous than the war, which was the black market with the Chinese and the Koreans. Our allies over there was the Koreans. I was monkeying around. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was really getting involved in that, and and, uh, they really tried to come after me. The Chinese did for what I did to them. And it's in the book. And then I didn't really think I would leave Vietnam because of what the Koreans had it out for me, because this is not something that you would understand or Westerners would understand. But when you do something to an Asian and you cause them to be embarrassed, they call it losing face. And when you humiliate them in front of their peers, they'll kill you for it, you know. And I really had done some bad things against these people, and they had it in for me, and they wanted to make sure I was going to leave Vietnam. So a couple of times, I had a hard time getting out of Vietnam as a soldier and then as a missionary. In the second part, when I went back, the three parts was I went as a soldier, I went back as a missionary, and then the third part, I went back as a father to the little baby that was over there. That's the three-part of the book. I guess i just give it all away. <laughs> well, but, uh... I,
1: you haven't given it away yet. Let me interject here that the folks are listening to Southwest Radio Church's Watchman on the Wall broadcast, and today we're talking with Steve Deal. We've got the opportunity to talk with him about the book Echoes of War, Whispers of Faith. It is his Vietnam memoir, but it's far more than that. It is a historical presentation of what God can do to someone who places his faith in Jesus Christ. And it is the beginning of that story. It's not the end of that story, but it's the beginning of that story that my friend Steve Deal Has lived through and is living through these days. I want to uh, stop here before we go any further with the Vietnam story and just bring folks sort of up to date with what you're doing now in the Philippines. You've done a number of things. You had a children's home there, you have had uh, a church. In fact, more than one church, I believe, has been founded under your leadership and you're presently working in that local church, and then you've also had missionary work in other islands and other lands in that part of Asia. But I want you to talk for just a moment about your family, or at least the family that's still at home. Let's just put it that way. You have a daughter. She is 18. Is that right? 17. Savannah. 17 I've got her ahead of herself. I shouldn't do that. But I've known her since she was a babe in arms, and uh, she is a sweetheart. And it's always good for me to see her uh, whenever you guys get to come to the States, and we get to see you. It's great. But tell us a, a little bit about your wife and your daughter that's still at home, okay?
2: Sure. My wife is Ami. She's Filipino. We've been married for 21 years. Savannah's 17. Ami is from the island of Leyte. She speaks several languages from down there. She is actually warai, and if you say that to Filipinos, they know exactly what it means. That's the fighters here. I mean, I mentioned one time to some guy I was talking to, and told him that she's warai, and he he almost got to shakes. She just comes from a tribe that's warriors. You know what I'm saying? She don't give up boy I've been wanting to give up so many times and she really keeps encouraging me so I appreciate Ami. Savannah is 17. She's in the 11th grade. She goes to an international school here. She went for eight years. She was going to homeschooling and she wanted to go to where she could see real people, you know, real kids her age and stuff. So we Put her in this international school. She was there when she was in the kindergarten, pre kindergarten. She was there for four years. And then she was in a Christian school for eight years, and now she's homeschooling. And then she's back. She just got back this year, and she's doing good there and, and making friends and things. And we think that's real good for her. They just had their intramurals this week, and she's tired. They're all in bed now. It's 1130 at night over here in the Philippines. I know it's about I think it's about 1030 or something
1: over there now. Here it's uh, daytime, the sunlight is out, and with you it's darkness, it's nighttime. But I'm glad yeah. that you've stayed up so we can talk with you and have you featured on our Watchman on the Wall broadcast so that folks can learn about this book. I'm wanting them to order the book. They can do that. Our phone number is 1-800-652-1144. That's 800-652-1144. And you can order the book that way, or you can go to our website, swrc.com, swrc.com, and you can order the book from the website, and it'll be sent right out to you. The book itself talks a lot about Vietnam, but quite honestly, as much as you can tell us, there's still more for us to know. I want to ask a few specific questions about your tour in Vietnam. When you were there as a a door gunner and crew chief on the helicopter, how many men were with you on board that chopper? Generally,
2: we flew with a pilot and co-pilot and then me as the crew chief and then the uh, other, the right door gunner. I flew, I always flew left door gunner. I would do the maintenance on the helicopter and keep it up and the door gunner would keep up our M60s. He would take care of the M60s, put the M60s on the on the chopper, but I would take care of the maintenance. I started going back in the early 90s, like 92, three up in that area.
1: I want you to tell us about that missionary.
2: What did you learn from him? I didn't know that he was stationed there while I was there. I didn't know that till years later, 30 years later. See, I was preaching on the street as you remember. I preached on the street from 1982 till 1990 when I came to the Philippines. So for 8 years I preached there in New Orleans and South Louisiana, all over South Louisiana, to fairs and festivals using puppets and things and, and sketchboard and preaching in Jackson Square and in Bourbon Street and things like that. It was, it was pretty rough. I guess uh, the Lord gave me training there. But I met this missionary who actually had worked in Vietnam for 14 years before Saigon fell. We were in a mission, large mission conference together in Shreveport, and he saw what I was doing. And he said, can you come over and teach that because I used a large sketchboard. I don't know if you ever remember me using that, but I would preach. I used it in some churches. I would paint on the sketchboard. It's not like, it's not the chalk talk or anything like that. It was a thing that open-air campaigners used down in uh, Australia for, successfully. So they brought it to Tennessee Temple, and I liked it. So I started preaching with them in Nashville, on the street corners in Nashville. And So we had what we call adult meetings, open-air meetings, and children's open-air meetings. We would go into the projects there in New Orleans, and then I started doing it in Nashville, and then I started doing it down in New Orleans when I was called down there in the big projects in New Orleans. And I got all kinds of stories about that back in the 80s. The guy who invited me to the Philippines, his name is Walter, and his wife's name is Pauline, and they invited me to come and teach over here. So I came in 1989. And while I was here, I saw nothing. But it's the first time I'd come to the Philippines. I saw nothing but children everywhere I went. I saw millions of, or th- thousands of thousands of kids everywhere you go and just packed. The street was just packed with kids. And I asked people, I'd ask these pastors, who's who's reaching the kids? Do you have somebody that's working with the kids? And they said, back then, this was in 89, 1989, they said, we don't count the kids until they get to be about 12 or so. And I said, if you wait till then, it's it's almost too late. You need to start reasoning while they're young. So I prayed about it. And God said, I'm going to send you here. Wow, I didn't know that. So I came the next year. The following year, I moved my family and came over here. And I've been here ever since for 34 years, I think that is, if my math's correct. About 10 years ago, God brought into my life uh, the good soul ministry with a story of hope. It was a direct answer to prayer. I was asking the Lord, show me what I need to be doing. I don't have much time left. Either you're going to take me in the rapture or you're going to come get me. You're going to come and get me or you're going to take me by way of death. But one way or the other, I mean, I'm 75 right now. I want to do my best for you. So God showed me this.
1: Well, Steve, we're going to have to stop here. We've ran over time. I want to encourage folks to tune in again tomorrow at this same time for another broadcast of some questions and answers concerning your experiences, and we want to just say thank you, Steve Deal, for being with us today. We've been talking about Echoes of War, Whispers of Faith, and the book is his Vietnam memoir written by Steve Deal and it's available through the Watchman on the Wall broadcast, 1-800-652-1144, or go to our website, swrc.com. Join us tomorrow. By God's grace, let's get together again, and we'll be talking about what God is doing. He's still on the throne, and prayer changes things.
0: We have much more from Brother Steve Deal coming up on our next program. Friends let me encourage you to pick up a copy of the brand new book Echoes of War, Whispers of Faith, my Vietnam Memoir by Steve Deal. This amazing story of God's mercy and grace spans the course of half a century. The story begins with a reckless young soldier in the Vietnam War, 22 years later he returns as a missionary to the underground church only to be arrested as a suspected CIA operative by the communist authorities. After nearly two weeks of interrogation and detainment, he was expelled and blacklisted. The authorities warned if he ever returned to Vietnam, he would be imprisoned. However, 14 years later, he received a call from the U.S. Embassy in Saigon. Someone had been searching for him for four decades. Echoes of War, Whispers of Faith will encourage your faith and truly warm your heart. Order Echoes of War, Whispers of Faith today when you call 1-800-652-1144, that's 1-800-652-1144, or you can order on our website, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. This book makes an excellent gift for a family member or friend. Echoes of War, Whispers of Faith, My Vietnam Memoir by Steve Deal, one 800 652 Has God rejected Israel? Are the prophecies made to Israel now fulfilled in the church? Josh Davis examines scripture to answer these important questions in today's Moment of Prophecy.
3: This month we're discussing these kinds of questions as we address replacement theology, also known as supersessionism, and fulfillment theology. And so, did you know that the Bible asks and answers that question, Has God rejected Israel? The Apostle Paul tackles this question in Romans chapter 11. In verse 1, he asks, Hath God cast away his people? And the word translated here as cast away means to reject or to thrust aside. So, Paul asked, Has God thrust aside his people? Replacement theology answers yes. And those who hold this view would argue... Yes, God has chose to fulfill the future restoration of Israel into the promised land in a spiritual way through blessing his church. And so followers of replacement theology do not see a future fulfillment of Bible prophecy through the 12 tribes of Israel in the literal promised land. However, the Bible begs to differ. And so while replacement theologians would answer yes to the question, has God rejected Israel? The Apostle Paul answered no. He didn't just answer no, as in no, I don't think so. He did it in the strongest way that he possibly could. He said in Romans chapter eleven, verse one, "God forbid." This is the strongest negation in the Greek language available to the Apostle Paul, and it's one that he uses some ten times in the book of Romans alone. So Paul pointed to himself as an example, and he argued that if God rejected his people then he would not be saved by the grace of God. And he further illustrated this point by using the Old Testament account of Elijah found in 1 Kings chapter number 19. And after one of the greatest victories of Elijah's profound ministry came one of the greatest moments of defeat. And he stood toe-to-toe against these 450 false prophets of Baal or Baal atop Mount Carmel or Carmel as Almighty God left no one guessing who was the one true God. But some would argue that God has set Israel aside because of its sins. Well, friends, if God set Israel aside because of sin, why would He not also set the Gentiles aside? Why would He extend grace to any one of us? No one deserves God's grace. That's the bottom line, and that's why it's called unmerited. It's undeserved. And yet God gives it to us without holding back. His grace is extended to all people. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, whether that's Jew or Gentile. And God has a future plan for the nation of Israel. He will fulfill every promise that he made to them based on his character and his nature, not on Israel's performance. That's an important note you need to understand. God made unconditional covenants with Abraham and David, for example. And think about that word, unconditional. It does not depend on Israel's ability to keep the covenant. God will keep it because He said He would. And the book of Revelation shows how God will fulfill His promises to national Israel. That's another moment of prophecy for another day. Today
0: in our Resource Spotlight, we are featuring the brand new book, Echoes of War, Whispers of Faith by Steve Deal. Echoes of War, Whispers of Faith will encourage your faith and truly warm your heart. Order your copy of Echoes of War, Whispers of Faith when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also order at our website swrc.com this book makes an excellent gift for a family member or friend who needs to be reminded of god's faithfulness and love echoes of war whispers of faith by steve deal 1-800-652-1144 tomorrow steve deal will continue sharing his amazing story of god's mercy and grace Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by downloading our SWRC mobile app or by simply subscribing to our Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Please visit our website, swrc.com.